Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Show. I have to apologise because I am full of cold. Adam is away at the moment. He is busy doing some zombie work, I believe. And I am joined in the studio with Chris. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I've made it. At least there's one person I can count on. That's it. It's, it's just like the old days, Chris. That is. That is. But you're in charge. I'm just sitting here taking there. it easy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You used to do the Edison, you used to do the hard work. I would go to bed and you'd be yeah. away early in the mornings. Now I'll do nothing. Um, Juz, again, isn't joining us this week. We will expand on that in a couple of minutes in part of the news stories. And we've got lots of other things coming on the show, haven't we, Chris? Yeah, loads of good stuff. Got Alicia coming up. Um, she'll be talking about Be Our Guest Restaurant. Yep, and also in the feature this week, we're going to be sharing some audio that I recorded with Jim Caucus, and it is when I went round Echo Lake it's Disney's Hollywood Studios with him the downside is he recorded an hour of audio with me and we we'll try, <laughs> try to keep the show down to about an hour so it'll get split over two shows um, I, I thought you were going to say over to you Jim yeah we'll, we'll just stop now No, so well, I'll split it over two shows and yeah because, because I'm doing the editing we'll, we'll do it again next week Part one so, this week, part two next next week. Next week, what are we going every week now? Are we? Guy picking me up again. It's it's the um it's the flu Oof. flu. You mean every two weeks? Every two weeks. So that'll take us up until December. I would say in a fortnight, but half the guests would know what we're talking about, will they? Half our listeners. One of our weird things from the UK. But anyway, so what we're going to do is. We're going to go jump straight into the the news because obviously we need to leave plenty of space for Jim. Because we've got to put a half an hour of audio into you're, a section that we normally put 25 minutes in. You're, you're really struggling, aren't you, Alan, today? You know what? I woke up this morning, I thought I was going to die. I don't, think it's that, I, I don't think it's quite that bad. Well, when I saw the list of jobs that my wife had given for us, I thought, yeah. That's what it is. Your option. So, yeah, we're going to jump straight into the news, which is the 4x4. Four four. <laughs> With two of us. This is getting worse. Yeah. As, as last week we decided to change it to the three by three, it is <laughs> um, just me and Chris, so it's now the... Two by two. Two by two. <laughs> <laughs> can it even be one by one? Fingers no. crossed, Al. I, I can go now if you want to, you know, if you really want to do that. <laughs> Well, I was hoping to leave it for you so you could edit it up. Right, okay. <laughs> so, first off, we've got Club Cool gets a new lineup. 
Uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is sold out for the open party. And a young boy is injured on Pirates of the Caribbean. Shouldn't laugh. No. I, was, I weren't laughing at the news story. I was laughing that you still left Adam's bit and he's not even here. Yeah. So I've read Adam's bit. And uh, do you want to read Jus's bit? It's blank. Yeah. Now, it's it's sort of quite sad news, really, this. Um, Jus is... Over the past few shows, he hasn't been around for at least the last three. Um, and he's decided to take a break from Disney Brit. And I believe he's also taken a break from some of the other projects he's involved with. Um, he's perfectly well. He's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with him in that way. Just can't be bothered, can he? It's not that he can't be bothered. It's just that... Well, there's, take there's it easy. Just, there's just a time when you've... You, you put so much effort in these projects that you, you need to have a bit of a break. It's like if you go to the Magic Kingdom for two weeks, you're going to be bored of doing it. It's a small world. You want to do something else. And I, I think it's just got to a point where he's thought, well, I need to spend a bit more time with my family, which is what he's doing. I know that his job's getting on top of him. Yeah, his, his proper job, not his Disney-related jobs. Um, and, and I suppose he wanted to get his wife on top of him a bit more as well, did not he? Poss- possibly. Uh, but he, he needs to have a bit of a break. And I, I know that Chris and me can both relate to that. Well, definitely we can, yeah. Twice when we scrapped our podcasts. That's it. That's why I'll just sit here and let you do all the work at home. Yeah. So we, we, we scrapped our first podcast because we wanted to spend more time with the family. So, second one, we, could, we, we, we made it too easy and couldn't be bothered. Yeah. And um, basically we found that when we spent too much time with the family, we got bored and uh, <laughs> wanted to do some podcasts. So, That's it, yeah. At the moment, Jus is on a break, and the reason we're sort of announcing that is because that we don't have to then say every week that Jus isn't here again. Um, but it's more than welcome. But I just want—I just want to say though that he is still alive. We haven't topped him off. No. So Jus, if you're listening to this, enjoy that cake we've just sent you. What cake? Right. So off to the news properly. Right, Epcot's Club Cool has debuted a new range of Coca-Cola drinks. I've been to Club Cool. You've been to Club Cool? Of course. And the main... Where else do you get free drink from at Disney? <laughs> do you get free Coke? No, you don't get free Coke. Right, okay. Well, the, the one drink that everybody goes there for, and not because they enjoy it, is Beverly. Have you tasted it? Yeah, yeah. So what I was always one to give the kids to watch it... their face. It tastes like bile, doesn't it? That's it. You know, if you've been out on the drink too long and you're yakking up in the bog all night long, this is the last bit. Tastes like Beverly. Well, that one has remained there. Why have they, why have they kept that one? It's just famous. There was loads of great drinks there and they've kept Beverly because it's like the Russian roulette of the drinks world. We've now got um, Fanta Pineapple. Um, which is, was introduced in the USA in 1960. It's a caffeine-free drink, and it tastes a bit like pineapple. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It said it, it says that it made its European debut in the 1940s. Now, we haven't had it, have we? We've had no, it. I... Uh, we've had I don't... Fanta lemon, we've had Fanta orange, we've had Fanta mixed berry, is it? Yeah, see, I've, I've bought Fanta pineapple while I was over in the States... That just seems very strange that they got it there. Was it a nice drink? Yeah, it was a nice drink. Um, 
We've also... I know for a f- I know for a fact I'm going to be drinking a lot more of it because it's free. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be refilling. Do you, do you just use your little shot glasses there, or do you fill up your drinks? Yeah, no, little shot glasses over and over again. You go in there for two hours. Yeah, that's it. Well, you get you do get stuck to the floor that long, don't you? <laughs> um, we've also got a drink that was launched in Japan in 1982 called Vegetaba. Oh, I can't even say it. Vegeta Bitter. Bitter. Which sounds like it's vegetable based, but it's not. It's apricot and passion fruit flavour. It is a rich source of beta carotene. Obviously, that's the beta part in it. And um, is a yellowy orange drink. I mean, that sounds nice as well, doesn't it? It does. It, you've got two nice fruity flavoured drinks there. Yeah. Um, melon Frosty. That's the next one up. It's a, another Fanta drink. Um, it's from Thailand. And it tastes of melon. Sounds nice again. There was already a melon flavoured drink there last time, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Was it was it from Mexico or Yes, yeah, I'm sure it was. Um we've got another one which oh my my, my program has highlighted as a spelling mistake, so I can't quite read it. It's either called Bib- it's Bi- or Bibo. Bibo, right, okay. Bibo, um created in nineteen ninety eight and it is from South Africa. And fruit flavoured. I'm trying to find out where the flavour is. doesn't actually say what flavour it is. It just no. says that they make flavours. Yeah. No, no script there, Alan. Yeah, I've, I've done well. So it's from 1988. It tastes like 1988 and South Africa. And the brand features fun characters such as Johnny Orange, Taka Strawberry and Paolo Peach. So does that suggest that those three flavours are in there? No, because there won't be space. <laughs> Okay, next one. There's only eight buttons in there. Yeah, I oh, know. No, I'm saying is it is it orange, strawberry, and peach mixed together? Oh right, oh well, maybe. Tastes a bit like umbongo. <laughs> I made that. that. Was most people aren't even going to know what umbongo is. Yeah. Do drink it in the jungle if that's a clue. Yeah, it's probably um going to be outruled for the advertising slogans. Anyway, um, Sparberry. Raspberry flavoured cream soda drink from Africa in 1955. God, they're digging out the old stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Cream soda, not a lover of that. Raspberry, it could pull it back together. Yeah. Um, and the last one, Guarana Kwat. Yeah. Is a Guarana berry flavoured drink um, from Brazil, 1997. Now, that sounds like it's not going to be very nice, doesn't it? Well, when I first read it, I thought that Garanu was bat droppings. No, it was some sort of energy stuff, isn't it? I've got no idea. I, I can just remember playing computer games where you had to collect bat poo, and I'm sure it was called Guanu. Hmm. But anyway, apparently, the name Garana, Garana comes from the word Garani. Go on. It's not a history lesson. Yeah. Anyway, translate into fruit like the eyes of people. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fruit from people's eyes. I've, I've just realised I mixed, missed another one out. I thought that was the last drink. One more drink. Inca Cola. It's from Peru. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unusually sweet flavour. 
fruity flavour. Tastes like liquid bubblegum. And I was expecting it to taste like cola. Yeah. That actually sounds like that's going to be quite a good one, that, Chris. That sounds like... I think they've made a mistake there. Why? Well, it sounds like a lot of drinks that people are actually going to like and want more of. Yeah. They just need to put, like, a randomizer effect on it so you don't know what drink you're going to get. Yeah. Lots of nice fruity flavours. Or Beverly. Yeah. And that'll be the killer. Well, hopefully not the killer. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. So anyway, Chris. Right. On to uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. But as you all know, it starts on the 8th of November. Uh, but if you haven't got a ticket, you can't go that night because it's now sold out. Which I think is a normal thing for the open party. always sells out, doesn't it? It's crazy, that. It's not nowhere near Christmas yet. No, but you've never been this time of the year, have you, Alan? No. Christmas does start very early. Um, and however you feel about Christmas, you you want it to be Christmas. You get there and it's great fun. So it's an extra thing. I mean, I love going this time of the year because I get Halloween, I get normal Disney, and I get Christmas all in two weeks. <laughs> Anyway, expensive. The, anyway, Alan's put all the dates on the script, but I'm probably not going to read them. There's quite a few in November and a lot more in December. Um, basically, basically, if you go in any time in November or December, there's going to be a date available for you to go. Yeah. So um, the thing is, I've always wondered: is it really worth the extra money? Now, I was listening to something the other day. It was Lentester and Jim Hill talking about uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And they were saying that that event is more popular than Mickey's Very Merry, very merry Christmas Party. Right. Because Christmas is always Christmas. doesn't matter how you dress it up, it's always Christmas. Whereas Halloween, there's lots of different elements to Halloween. There's so like, what you mean is they could put like, they could wear any suit and just put a Mickey head on. Yeah. As Christmas, we know what his Christmas jumper is. Yeah, it's always, it's always Santa Claus, red hats with a little bit of fur and a pom pom on the end. Isn't it? Yeah. And they were saying that Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is a lot more popular, and in fact, I think that they've last year or this year even they had more Halloween parties than they did have lined up for Christmas parties right I mean pricing is 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 a strange thing in advance it's $58 plus tax for the adult um, then you've got same day pricing which is uh, obviously if you buy it on a day extend your day in other words that's $67 plus tax for the adult um, and then there's premium nights or a premium night on the 20th of December, and that's up to $71. So it's, it's quite a difference, um, and they do try and catch you out. Um, there is some events that um, are same day only. So is that right from what I'm reading now? Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Which... which is a little strange, really. So... I'm guessing they're going to be busy days and they know they're going to make a fortune. 
Yeah, it looks there's um, three dates in or four dates in December. The sixth, the thirteenth, the nineteenth, and the twentieth are same day only. So the twentieth, obviously, that's <laughs> the premium night. So that's maybe why you can't buy the advanced purchase. But is it worth it? Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. You get trick or treat. You get a load of candy. What do you get at Christmas? Get the same Mickey. It gets you goofy with a beard on. Oh well, value for money. That is true. I would like to know what they do. Maybe it's the Chuck um, gingerbread men at you in hot chocolate. Sounds good. Well, we'll have to get someone on to have a chat about it. That's what I reckon. Yeah, particularly when it's coming up to Christmas. Yeah, if only we'd have thought about it and had someone else on rather than uh, Alicia later. Yeah. Well, she, to be honest, if we chat to her, she probably knows about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that on another show. Definitely. Right, okay, we'll go into Adam's bit of news story. Adam, what do you reckon? A boy was seriously injured at Pirates of the Caribbean, Disneyland Paris, on Thursday, 31st of October. The child was reported to have fallen out of the boat towards the end of the ride and got stuck under the boat at the unloading station. Um, a police chief at the um, that had been in the reports had commented that although he had got no physical injuries present on site, they were checking him out for potential internal injuries. Now, Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride, it's it's very similar to the one that we've got over where Walt Disney World. Exactly the same ride vehicles, aren't they? Yeah, the only difference is that the, the story is slightly different, um, and you get two drops instead of one drop. Um, the ride vehicles, you're not harnessed in, you're not sort of held in. It's similar to... It's a small world, basically, isn't it? That's it, yes. Um, and... People have been sort of commenting on the internet and saying, well, how's this kid fallen out of the boat? Because there, there, there is no real issues there on the boat. And it's been said that he was possibly, and I'm not um, going to sort of, sort of say anything negative to about this, but he was possibly climbing around the back of the boat at the unloading station when at the unloading station, basically the boat stopped and the boats behind you crash into you. Yeah. A bit like the Dodgems, bumper cars. And that's possibly what happened. The kid was climbing on the back of the boat, another boat bashed in the back of him, he's lost his balance, he's fell into the water and got jammed in the working. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of rumours that he was standing up on the seat. Yeah. Um, but, of course, people are worried now that lap bars are going to come in and so on, aren't they? Yeah, well, obviously we, we don't want any kids to be hurt and, obviously, safety is a priority at Disney Parks and particularly Disneyland Paris, safety is a, is a major issue um, because there's been several people here on several rides of recent years. So no doubt they'll be looking into it and possibly amending the situation, although this is... Although I don't think there's been many injuries of this kind on this sort of ride. No, I just hope that, um, you know, some stupidity or someone not um, keeping their children under control doesn't ruin it for everyone else. No. But we hope that he gets better. And uh... Yeah, I was worried at one point because uh, I read one article and they said our thoughts are with the family. I thought, my God, has he died? But apparently not. Maybe he is, and I just haven't found out enough information. <laughs> we'll soon know. Someone will tell us. Yeah, we'll get told. But anyway, we uh, hope that he d- does recover. Yeah. Pretty soon. <laughs> um, right, quickly into the research. <laughs> what? 
You're just so sincere there now. He's French, Alan. Do you know that? That's absolutely fine. That's it's a... not English or American. He's French. He can be French. Or British or American, sorry. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with being French. No, no, that's right. <laughs> Refurbs and closures. Let's talk about closures in French. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Disneyland Paris, you've got lots of closures at the moment. They're doing lots of um, what I think are seasonal closures. Basically, when the park is a bit quieter, they're sort of shutting up the rides. So you've got Casey Jr., Le Petit Train de Cirque is closed on the uh, 6th, the 8th, and the 13th to the 15th of November. You've got Mad Hatter Teacups closed the 12th to the 22nd of November. You've got Le Pays de Conte de Fées closed on the 6th to the 8th, to the, th- the 13th to the 15th. You've got Space Mountain Mission 2 closed on the 15th to the... Oh, sorry, 25th to the 29th of November. I'd say there's lots closed. Buzz Lightyear's closed from the 4th to the 15th. Captain Neo's closed 6th to the 8th. 13th to the 15th. Autopia's closed. There is tons closed. I'm not even going to give dates here. You've got Armageddon closed. You've got Race Rally closed in the studios. You've got the Tram Tour closed on selected dates as well. But basically, it's a lot of dates that are midweek and um, during the sort of quiet. My suggestion would be don't bother going to France. Go to America because there's a lot less closures over in... Walt Disney World um, Peter Pan's flight is uh, obviously closed at the moment that's up to the 13th of November um, Honey I Shrinks, Shrunk the Kids Playground is still closed will reopen 19th of November we know about the park and lot at Downtown Disney that will open as a multi-story eventually and <laughs> we no date when that will happen yet yeah, no take on that. Depends how fast they do it. And, of course, uh, it's got to that time of year again now where um, one of the water parks is going to be closed. And it's Typhoon Lagoon. So, um... Your favourite park at your favourite time of year. Yeah, what I can't understand is right last year, which was uh, 2012, Typhoon Lagoon was closed at the start of the year. Right, and then closed at the end of the year. So both times I went, that was close. Yeah. So this year, they're still the same. And a year before that, they'd swapped it around and it was closed then as well. Yeah, they just don't like you. No. So Typhoon Lagoon is uh, closed from the 27th of uh, October through to the 22nd of December. And by coincidence, on the 23rd of December, Blizzard the Beach will be closed. Something to do with the weather, I think. Quite possibly. It'll get too cold for Blizzard Beach. Yeah. Right. So we're going to quickly go into the adverts and we'll be coming out of the adverts with Jim Caucus. You are listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio. Right, so we've just stepped out. Okay, well, this is going to be a whole brand new podcast, isn't this? Yes, it's a whole it's new not, show. It's, not, it's a whole new... We're, we're standing in the road, the side street. Yeah, I, I know. For those of you who, who uh, listened to the last show, uh, we had to end where we, we did, uh, not just for time reason, but because uh, uh, Alan's head had started to <laughs> grow so big, and, and it, we had to call uh, Disney Medics to come out here and and uh, uh, revive him. The, uh, the, the band on my cap was getting a bit tight. That's it, because so much more new knowledge coming in and filling up, and, 
and uh, uh, all of that. It, it, it's just absolutely incredible. I, I hope those of you who are at home are, are enjoying this. And uh, uh, what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to uh, take a little walk uh, around Echo Park, and I am going to take you to the most important place at Disney Hollywood Studios that defines the entire story of the studio. If you are in that one place, you are going to be able to tell the entire story of the studio, and we're going to see if Alan can do it. Of course, through clever editing, it, it, it'll turn out that he will. Yeah, I was, I was thinking when he said the most important place in the studio, I was thinking, we're going to the restrooms? Yeah, well, that, that, you know, and the funny thing is, is you never go into a restroom to rest. I don't understand that. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and, and don't you guys call those water closets over there? You don't do that anymore. WCs? Well, sort of WCs, toilets, loos, okay. bugs. There's a whole list of terms. See, uh, when I think of Lou, I think of friends like Lou Mangello. Yeah. I'm going to the Lou. <laughs> oh, my gosh, watch out. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, that, that, you know, I, again, uh, the U.K. and uh, the United States, two great uh, countries just separated by a, uh, the same language. Yeah. All right, so, so we're here at uh, Echo Park. We're actually here by Keystone Clothiers. Now, uh, this is important in terms of uh, Hollywood because uh, the home of one of the very first popular uh, uh, movie studios on Keystone Street, uh, the Max Sennett Studio. All right, okay. Yeah, and so does that make sense for you now? Because um, the Max Sennett Studio was popular for the comedians known as? The, the ones who were were uh, in uniforms the and Keystone blue Cops. Keystone Cops, because on Keystone Street. That was the only thing that I knew about Keystone was Keystone Cops, and there, I thought... There you go, and that's why it is, because we're actually on Keystone Street right now as we're going to be uh, heading up. Uh, the Echo Park area, uh, uh, the uh, Echo Lake is a man-made lake, right. and, and the reason it got uh, the name Echo Lake is as it was being built, uh, the foreman was on one side of the lake, and on the other side uh, were two workers who were cussing out the <laughs> foreman, and he could hear the echo. Right. Uh, but once they got in the water and the uh, landscaping, it killed the echo, but that's how it got the name Echo Lake. <laughs> uh, public park. Uh, it, uh, in the 30s and 40s, it was uh, a, a very nice place to live, but then in the 50s, it really... Uh, uh, fell into a bad neighborhood, 50s and 60s. But uh, for us as historians, that was great because uh, a lot of buildings got boarded up. Nobody had uh, money to renovate, so a lot of them stayed exactly the same as they were in the 30s and 40s. And uh, now there is uh, an, an attempt to uh, uh, beautify and, and clean up that area. Right. Uh, so uh, let's walk up um, uh, Keystone. Uh, uh, street right here, and and something that isn't always open, but I'm glad it is uh, today, because uh, remember this is the uh, uh, the Hollywood of the uh, uh, 30s and um, 30s and the the 40s, and we're standing in front of uh, Peavy's, and who is Peavy? I have no idea. I'm, I would have said Pee Wee, as in Pee Wee Herman, but it's oh, not, is it? It's oh. Pee Wee. All right. Um, uh, for those of uh, those uh, uh, young uh, Brit girls who are go going to try to win my heart, <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite post-Walt films was The Rocketeer. And ah. The Rocketeer's mechanic 
was Peavy. He's the one who helped, uh, you know, uh, readjust the rocket pack uh, uh, and all of that. And so that's why uh, you see things where this drink stand looks like there are valves and acetylene torches and and all of that. And and we see the uh, menu over there, Peavy's uh, frozen concoctions. But yep. you know, there's a surprise because I, I see no reaction on your face. Let's walk up to our noses close to that menu. <laughs> And what do you see, Alan? It uh, looks like plans. Yes, plans for the jetpack, the Rocketeers ah. jetpack. They're the blueprints. And since they're blueprints, we can't see them from a distance. We have to come right there. And I have spotted something else. Yes. Just, just around the corner here. And, and do you know why these are, are so important? What have you spotted? Um, something that looks like a jetpack. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna guess that it's related to the plans. Mm -hmm. Am I right there? Yes, you are. And also the uh, the helmet. Right. Anything else you know about these? Um, they are bolted down and covered in dust. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, these are actual props from the movie. Right. And in fact, the helmet up here is what is known as a stunt prop because right. you'll notice it is wider than the helmet that you see in the close-ups in the movie. Right. And the reason it is wider is so that when um, someone had to, they didn't do CGI for these films, it was all actual stunts. So when a stuntman jumped out of the plane or whatever wearing this, he had to be able to rip off that if he needed to in order to, to see or to maneuver for safety reasons, whatever. Right. But this was actually used in the film. So was uh, this jetpack. And over here on the other side... It's not, it's not often that you get a chance to be up close to be able to almost touch the props. Well, you right. could touch them if you wanted to. Yes, well. and there's blueprints for the jetpack uh, up there as well. And then they used to also have uh, uh, the newspaper here uh, listing, uh, you know, uh, all of that uh, going on. But again... There's, there's, there's a pendant, like a, a banner thing up there Yes, well? the, the, uh, the pennant, very yeah. good is from uh, the Bigelow Air Circus, and that's where the Rocketeer made his first appearance. And that is an actual prop as well. Dated and the reason, 1938. Yeah. Right, and, which is when, and again, since it fits into the Hollywood of the yep. 40s, 30s and 40s, and the reason they're actual props here is because um, uh, the Rocketeer came out uh, in uh, 90, 91, you know, just as this park was open. So, there was a, a huge d display area with Rocketeer props and right. and things like this. But here's something that, that people miss, but since you're a Disney fan, you will get. Oh, Holly Vermont Realty. Holly Vermont Realty. And in fact, I'll even help you out here. Let's step right, back okay. a, a bit and we'll look up at the upper window and it says office for rent. So, office for uh, rent. Uh, so, uh, so of course, I know that being a Disney fan, you're just absolutely speechless right yeah I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there's an office to rent up there there is, but, is at, at is, least in the 30s is there is I, I will tell you right now there was no office space up there in 1923 um, is there actually a space there now <laughs> actually there is but not oh. one you can rent um, okay okay it, when Walt came to Hollywood yep uh, in 1923 uh, he worked in uh, the garage next to his Uncle Robert's uh, house. But when he got the contract to make the Alice comedies, he knew he needed more space and more controlled space than just a garage. Okay. So he walked down the block 
to the Holly Vermont Realty office and said, you know, I can only afford uh, uh, 10 bucks uh, a month. And he says, I just need enough uh, space that you could spin a cat in. Uh, which I don't think people do anymore, but... Uh, it would um, be an interesting film. No, yeah, that, that's true. And they said, well, for that, we've, we've got some space up on the second floor there. We can rent that to you for 10 bucks a month. So that is the home of the very first Disney Brothers studio. Ah. And it was there from October 23rd until February 1924 when they moved down to the Kingswell studio, which was a larger studio. I know, but wow. how many people walk by here and they don't realize? It's, it's, it's half tucked behind. It's tucked behind a tree. <laughs> it's on the first floor, and also there's an umbrella and yeah. um, the drink stand in front of it. That's true. So yeah. But anyway, Alan, I'm going to show you something that somebody doesn't can discover, and they don't even need to be um, a, a, a Disney historian or a, or a Hollywood historian. <laughs> uh, so the buildings here. Um, uh, there's a glamour salon here, uh, and there are dentists here, and they okay. have the directory up there. And uh, Alan, why don't you read out loud for the listeners uh, who's in uh, room 201? See um, how we pull them, DDS. <laughs> right. See how we pull them. Ah. The dentist. And who's in 204? Ruth Canal. <laughs> Ruth Canal. I've got and one of 210? them. Les Payne or Les Le Payne. Les Payne. Like it. And in fact, you will find those all throughout uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. In fact, if we have some time, we'll point okay. out another one or two that guests can do. And they can find that right next to uh, uh, PVs there. Just in the of Even the amount of times that I walk around here and I'm yeah. looking for this sort of stuff, I'm missing yeah. it every time. Well, that's because you're not Jim Corbett. <laughs> right? They're, they're, Without a they're, doubt. They're, there can only be one Jim Corbett. Um, over here at Hollywood and Vine, uh, this was the type of cafeteria that was that was very uh, 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 popular uh, in the in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, and and they also had auto mats. And so uh, Walt would come in and order a meat dish, and his brother Roy would order a vegetable dish and then they would split it right. you know in order to eat and all of that and of course a lot of businesses were on the bottom floor and on the upper floor you would rent out space you know just like to those dentists over there uh, you might rent out uh, uh, apartments to people or or for businesses yep. uh, but you'll notice in the window there's a little sign with red lettering and it says no actors no actors because you don't want to rent out to actors because they're a bad moral character right uh, they might skip out on their bill they'll yep. have loud parties who knows now this is very sad you know and that's authentic yep. this is very sad where if you don't understand the um, story, you'll change the story. So okay. a little further down here, we have a window, and up there is a private investigator. Who's the private investigator? Eddie Valiant. Who's Eddie Valiant? Sam from Roger Rabbit. Yes, Bob Hoskins. Who? Yep. And why is it that Brits can play American roles without accents, <laughs> but Americans cannot do a good oh. British accent? And don't bring up Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, okay? <laughs> it was it was realistic. Yes, but 
they used to have a sign. You see there's a little space there that's exactly the same size as the No Actors sign. Yep. They used to have a little sign up there when the park opened in 89 that said No Tunes. Ah. So it was very funny. Yep. Because that's remember, the Roger Rabbit uh, film is taking place later. So at this particular point, Eddie Valiant doesn't care for tunes and all of that. And next to Eddie's uh, office, what do we see in the window right next to uh, there? We see uh, Roger Rabbit's bursts out of the um, blinds. Yes, we see the silhouette of Roger bursting out just like he did in the film. And in fact, he's bursting out, heading in the direction of the sign up here uh, for Maroon Cartoons. Yep. And then the punchline to the gag is something that guests never got to see. If you followed that, that line, if going backstage in a direct line, yep. you were at the Disney Feature Animation Building, Florida, and on the side of the building, they had a black silhouette, just like that of Roger, bursting into the building. Ah. So he was, he was late for an appointment, and he <laughs> rushed out, and he burst uh, uh, into there for, for that to happen. Yeah. And, and we've talked about the fact that uh, that's why we don't have Roger Rabbit films anymore, is because... Uh, uh, for it to happen, both Disney has to agree and Spielberg has to agree. And Disney actually stepped on Spielberg's toes because Spielberg wanted um, a Roger Rabbit uh, cartoon in front of a Spielberg film that was going to come out. Right. And Michael Eisner said no. And yeah. so when Michael Eisner came back, because he, he, he figured... No, no, it, uh, Roger Rabbit should just be with Disney. Yeah. And so when Spiel, uh, uh, Eisner came back and asked Spielberg, well, we've got another Disney film coming out, we want to... Spielberg said, no, I don't like that uh. script. I don't. And so all the Roger Rabbit shorts, uh, Trail, Mix-Up, uh, Roller Coaster Rabbit, all those were done here in Florida. Right. And they were done in that animation studio. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's... Uh, Walk around, see, and there, uh, there's certainly an awful lot of people here at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios today, right? It is and, uh, and, quite a busy day. And and, and and it's a Tuesday. You would think this would be a slow day, but... I'm sure the, the touring plan said it was going to be a quiet day. <laughs> well, then you should write to Len Tester, and, and, he, and he should give you, uh, you know, a, a, a rebate, <laughs> a, a refund on that. 10% will do. And again, uh, here's the... Uh, uh, Echo Lake uh, uh, apartments, and you know the the feeling is is that people actually, uh, oh my gosh, look, they they have uh, uh, their mailboxes. Did you ever see the mailboxes here and the names? No. To be honest, I've never even seen the Echo Lake apartment sign before. I've just yeah, that. and and, and it, it goes through there. Well, my gosh, th these are really funny looking names. I wonder how they came up with these names. Do you have any clue? Um, no idea. Uh, and, oh, well, here's one, 105, T. Kirk. You know, most people think that's Tommy Kirk, the actor. It's not. Um, it's um, Tim Kirk, the Imagineer. One of the Imagineers who designed Disney MGM. Uh, and I would think that every other one of these, also an Imagineer, actually I know for a fact, and I know that uh, they did a variety of, of different things. And so oftentimes, you know, Imagineers, just like animators, are not allowed take credit for some of the things they do so they'll include little things uh, like that so yes here are mailboxes and they they live upstairs like one, one of the things that's and we've and we've things. locked the door so obviously <laughs> they can't come down there must be skeletons up there. yeah they're busy working and one of the things that stands out for me is 
is the different weights of fonts. So yes. Whereas someone could have just write, okay, well, we're, we're doing the mailboxes mm -hmm. today, we'll print out it all in one sheet. They've done it in different sort of fonts as though it's been done at different time periods. Right. As in when people move in See and out. See how clever you are? Yeah. Well, I try. <laughs> Some people try, you should see. And we're going by the Sci-Fi, uh, not Sci-Fi Diner, we're going by the Primetime Cafe. And uh, this is sort of uh, an anachronism. Right. Because again, we're dealing with um, the Hollywood of the 30s and 40s. Okay. Prime time was not a term that came into use until yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, like about 1960. Right. But, it, but it's still a, a, a fun location if you've been in there where it, it, it's committed to uh, uh, Mother and Formica and uh, yep. uh, the whole bit. One, one of the things yes. in there, which yeah. I, I, I thought you go in there and it's like prime time diner, which yes. is sort of sitting within with, with the whole story that everyone knows about. Mm -hmm. And it was only when I sat there for a while and I was like looking at the TV across the screen, across the table, and mm -hmm. obviously you see Walt on the right. on the TV. But then when I looked up, it was then that it all dawned on me that this is just a TV set in here. Yes. Whereas I thought the idea was you're in sitting in a real home, but you, no, you it's it's sort of like a TV set. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. That was something that Very cool, out isn't it? Yeah. Oh, now here's oh. Uh, Gertie the dinosaur, and this is another example of uh, what was that type of architecture I was talking about? Crazy. I, I never, uh, I, I, I never listen to myself when I speak because other people don't. California crazy. crazy. All right. I, I, was get, I was getting the wrong way around. Crazy Californian. Yeah. I was going to say. Well, but, yeah, I, I'm a crazy <laughs> Californian, so we, we go with that. And and again, you know, the the building was to look like what it sold inside. So this building looks like. Um, a dinosaur. A dinosaur. And what does it sell inside? Um, dinosaur ribs. It doesn't. It sells ice cream. So what's the connection between that? Um, now it's... remember, we're in the 1940s. So in the 1940s, what do we think killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. The ice age. So it's the ice cream of extinction, not the ice cream Man, of distinction. Ah. ah and, and, and you saw uh, coming out of... Uh, Gertie's nostrils, what did you see? Um, phlegm snot. See, people think it's flames, but she's got ice on her back, so what's coming out of her? Steam. Steam because she's so cold. Yeah. And this is very important because this is the first example, first true example of what is called character animation, which is what uh, Disney is, is famous for. This film was made in uh, uh, 1914. Let's get out of the, let, let's get out of the pathway of people who are... Uh, no problem. Uh, as, as they go through, we, we never want to interrupt the guest experience. Okay. Because some of the people listening to this uh, are going to be coming here. They don't want to see uh, two <laughs> Disney geeks standing out <laughs> in the middle of the road, yeah. chattering away like they know something. Um, <coughs> Gertie the Dinosaur was uh, made in uh, 1914 by a cartoonist called Windsor McKay. Windsor McKay did a Sunday comic strip called Little Nemo in Slumberland, which was very popular. Uh, he made, um, and this was for the Hearst papers, the William Randolph Hearst papers, yep. um, and uh, he made money on the side, because this was in New York, by going and performing in vaudeville. And he would do what was called a, a quick sketch act. So he'd go up with an easel and, you know, take suggestions from the audience and draw, or he'd draw something and people couldn't figure it out, and he'd turn the easel upside down and there's the face, and, you know, that, that type of thing. And um, so... Uh, his uh, son uh, came came home one day with um, uh, a little flip book, little flippers, and he went through that, and he thought, you know, 
if you do enough of these, I bet you could make a movie. And uh, so he did. He, he made one on uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland. It just lasted a, 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 a minute or two. Okay. And he ran it in his vaudeville act, and nobody was impressed. They thought what he had done is he had hired midgets right. and, and just traced midgets and, <laughs> and put that up there. So he made another film called um, uh, A Day in the Life of the Mosquito. And so he had this giant mosquito land on somebody's uh, arm and uh, suck away, and the uh, mosquito just blew up like a balloon and exploded. Right. And audiences laughed. Yep. And who would have thought violence is going to be funny for audiences? <laughs> but again, they thought it was a puppet. Yep. So he had to come up with something that nobody could question. They, they, they really knew that it was a, a, a drawing. So uh, one of the popular exhibits at um, the New York Museum was they had found a dinosaur skeleton right. of, a, of a brontosaurus. So um, uh, McKay sat down and with rice paper, they didn't have cells in those days because, again, there was no animation, nope. and rice paper was thin enough that if you put it on a drawing, you could see the drawing underneath so you could trace. And so he did 10,000 drawings, not only of the dinosaur, but also of the background, 10,000 times with India ink. Excellent. And uh, he made little architectural marks at the bottom of each page so that they would line up when they were filmed. Um, and he went and he studied elephants and how did elephants breathe and lay down and, and all of that. And so he made the movie called um, Gertie the Dinosaur. And he'd show up on stage in a, a tuxedo and a lion tamer's whip. And over to the side was a huge screen. And the uh, film would come on and he'd go, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my new friend Gertie. And he'd whack the whip and Gertie would come out and look at the audience. And he'd say, Gertie, lift your left leg. And he'd whack the whip and she'd lift her leg. And audiences would go, Wow. How does the dinosaur do that? He drew it. He knows yeah, exactly yeah. what's going on. He says, oh, and the dinosaur looks a little hungry. So he takes a, a, a pumpkin, throws it up behind the screen, but he had animated at the same point, Gertie grabbing a, a, a pumpkin and eating it. And at the end he says, and uh, uh, now it's time for us to say goodbye. So he walked to the screen. He walked behind the screen, but he had animated a little version of himself in a tux with a lion tamer's <laughs> whip, getting on Gertie's head and take audiences went crazy and uh, Ub Iwerks um, saw that and it really inspired him to get into animation because this was amazing it wasn't just a trick film it wasn't just you know doing something for fun it wasn't just uh, whatever um, and you know trick films had been done like George Millay's you know where he'd stop the film and somebody would run out and he'd run it again and it looked like somebody had disappeared yeah. this was more than just a trick this was a character that was pen and ink but it had a real personality and that's what we get with personality animation character animation you laugh because of the character not necessarily because what they're doing so when Donald Duck comes on the screen a lot of times we just start laughing because we know he's gonna go crazy yeah. he's no and that's where personality animation came from and so here at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios this is uh, an homage uh, uh, to um, uh, to that uh, film, but again, as you see, people just yeah. rushing by. He's, so it's Jamie sort of getting stuck behind uh, these. Yeah, yeah they, they, yeah, they haven't. Uh, they, they usually trim this down here, but, but they didn't this time. But um, what I was going to say is, if, if, if you take the first level as the animation, which is yes. quite clever at the time, mm -hmm. 
but then interacting with a human, yeah. that is sort of something that you'd be expecting from modern day theme parks. Absolutely. And, and this is 1914, 1915. Yeah. And uh, 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 Actually, this film is available for people to uh, get on, on DVD. The version that's available is um, uh, McKay filmed right. the, the stage show and uh, so that it could be sent out to other cities and right. he, could get, he could get money from that. Now, the sad thing is he thought, well, this isn't going to be worth very much. So uh, uh, he, he gave it to his agent. And his agent just literally kept it in his garage for decades. Right. The son of the agent is the one who discovered it and fortunately discovered it just in time because, again, it was made on nitrate film, so it was dis uh, disintegrating. Yeah. It had that uh, uh, vinegary s uh, uh, smell uh, for that to happen. And, and then, uh, they, fortunately, there were some duplicate reels right. because a couple exploded. They had to actually put it in the water you know, uh, uh, to stabilize it but, it, but it exists today. And Alan, one of the things I'm gonna keep reminding you about today, as I will remind all your guests, is when you're at a Disney park, you need to look at the walls, you need to look at the ceiling, you also need to look down, because Gertie almost seems as if she is... Walking across the uh, park. Well, why do you say that? because there's uh, giant footprints on the floor. Yes. And they continue into the grass just beyond the railing too. Right, right where she is. And in fact, when the park opened in 89, the landscaping was actually done so that there were footprints that continued there. All right. But yes, here's her footprints. It's cracked in here. It's, it's right by the uh, uh, steps here uh, as, as we go up. And uh, isn't that, a, I'm sure you've okay. noticed this before, right? And, and made the connection to, well, I'll, I'll be honest, when I, when I came across there, yeah. I thought, oh, there's the footprints in the grass. Yeah. I saw the footprints in the grass because they're sort of input by yeah. sand, so the, yes. all the grass has been mm -hmm. removed. I've never seen the footprints in the concrete before. These, these have been here since 1989. And, and you see all these people walking by us right now don't even look yeah. down. These are what are called ahas. You know, everybody is so excited about uh, hidden Mickeys. Yep. This is a, an aha. Uh, an aha is at um, Tony's restaurant on uh, on Main Street. As you come down the steps, if you look at the sidewalk, what do you see? A heart with the paw prints. A heart, exactly as they are in Lady in the in the Tramp. Yep. Let's let's go on uh, up this way. Here's another uh, aha, and again, this is this is one that a lot of people are, are very familiar with. Let's let's walk down this way here. No and, problem. And in the background, we can hear this this noise. <laughs> of it's, the Disney it's, Channel, and, and you can see how that the, the destroys the feeling of a Hollywood I was going to say, it's a bit out of their uh, period. And so, again... I think Indiana Jones must have just kicked out. Yes, and, and so what happens is, uh, you know, if you don't maintain the story, it's going to cause problems. And here, right to the left of the entrance of uh, Indiana Jones, uh, is a, an archaeological dig. And the sign says, warning, do not pull rope. Yeah, oh, but, but, but not yeah. being crossed out. Well, then pull the rope, Alan. I say, stop mucking about up there. <laughs> There's a very British person down there. There is, and, and that's where most British people should be, right? <laughs> down it's, a big hole. Down, <laughs> should be down a big hole. Hi, everyone. This is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show 
every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4pm Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. Deep in the heart of the new Fantasyland expansion, they've got a new restaurant called Be Our Guest, based upon the Beast's Castle rest dining area in the Beauty and the Beast. You're struggling with this, aren't you? I am. Do you know why? Why? Because I'm full of cold. I'm trying to read you keep my telling eyes us. half open. It's not working for me. So what we've done... As we put out on Facebook, we asked a few people what their thoughts were because I've been getting mixed reports. My my mouth is going mad. Mixed reports about whether or not the food's any good, whether or not it's a good experience, whether it's good value for money, etc. And one of the people that came back to us was Alicia Duplessis. Um, We've had her on the show before, me and Chris, and the previous guys of the Me and Chris show. And... uh, (laughs) We've brought her back to talk about the Be Our Guest restaurant. Hi, Alicia. How are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? I've been yeah. better. Don't moan, Alan. Come on, just get through it. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it together. We'll, we'll be fine. Come on, toughen up, man. Yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> I've got my lem sip. Um, <laughs> and I've got my cheap drugs that I get from the UK. But that's another thing. Um, <laughs> we've um, Me and Chris have never been to the Be Our Guest restaurant, have we? Well, I've been in it, but I've not eaten it now. Um, and I forgot you you did, didn't you? I did, yeah. I went on one of the previews, you know. Well, I, I certainly haven't been there. I've never been, been at the new expansion yet. Um, Alicia, what what could you expect if you went there for a sort of a, a, a visit? Well, you know, the atmosphere is amazing. I, I will say that it's absolutely breathtaking the amount of detail that they've put into it i mean you walk in and it really is like you're in the castle from the movie it's um absolutely gorgeous from the beautiful cathedral ceilings with the paintings and the big windows the picture windows where it looks like snow is falling outside and you have the west wing with the uh enchanted rose it's absolutely gorgeous visually excellent and that's kind of where it ended uh, for for us. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. Do you, first, first of all, do you, do you get to choose where you sit? You, um, you can you can make requests. It's it's like almost anything Disney. You can put in a request. They'll do their best to honor it. Um, you know, if if you're willing to sit out and wait for, for a West Wing seat, you know, y- you can do that. But really, there's there's no bad seats in the house. It's all beautiful. It's all very breathtaking and, and visually stunning. So I don't think there's a bad seat in the house. Yeah, I remember. I remember it, but looking really good when we sort of looked in. So so the setting of the place is very good. But what yeah. we really need to talk about, I think, is the important thing. Yeah. What, what does it <laughs> taste like? Well, you know, it's my group was mixed. Now, we went down in July, and we had dinner reservations for later on the trip. I think um, we had dinner reservations for, like, our third or fourth day. 
And we were in Magic Kingdom one afternoon and we decided, you know what, let's try it for lunch. We'll do it for lunch. We'll do it for dinner. This will be a great experience because we'd heard so much positive feedback on it. And all these people saying, oh, my God, it's the greatest restaurant that's ever been you know, brought into Disney World. So had to try it out. Um, I will say that for quick service lunch, the lines can be deceiving People see these long, long lines and think that, you know, it's forget about it. Let's move on. The lines move quickly and it's very efficiently run. So I would say even, you know, if you see a long line, it's not necessarily a real bad thing. We we got online. We waited maybe 10 minutes. So they're very efficient at getting people in. My biggest problem was we had three children in our group. I was traveling with my friend. She has two small kids. I have a young daughter. And the kids' menu was just abysmal. <laughs> it was um, not what I think normal, or maybe normal's not a good choice of word. It's not what your average child would eat. Mm. And I'm not saying that, you know, it should be all chicken nuggets and French fries and because, you know, that's that's no good either. But, um, you know, whole wheat pasta and sustainable fish is not what you think of when you think of kids' food, at least not no. what I think. But you can't sit there and read in that menu, can you? And they just sort of say, oh, yeah, I'll have that. I'm just yeah, yeah. No, but I, I'm reading off the menu and my daughter's looking at me like, oh, and what else? Okay, and, and I'm like, there's no end. It, it certainly doesn't look like a, a kid's menu. Like Even no. down to what they're calling a turkey sandwich isn't just a turkey sandwich. They're sort of selling it like an adult's meal, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And that's not what's appealing to kids. And let's be real. You know, yes, the adults are the ones paying for the experience and you want to please the adults. But kids are only going to be drawn in by, you know, the stunning visual, you know, attractiveness for about five minutes. And then it's all about the food. And when your kids aren't entertained or when they're not, you know, into their food, you're not going to be able to eat and enjoy your meal either. And that's exactly what we ran into. I got, you mentioned the turkey sandwich. I got my daughter the turkey sandwich. Mm -hmm. And it was this like, you know, which was very appealing to me as an adult. This fancy schmancy whole grain bread with all these seeds and, you know, nuts and stuff on it. She looked at it like it was, you know, a piece of dirt. She's like, (laughs) you can't expect me to eat that. I mean, do kids actually eat sweet potato wedges? My kids don't. No, mine um, definitely wouldn't. Yeah, and and I think most kids. And you know what? Kudos to the parents whose children will eat sustainable fish and turkey meatloaf and those things. That's awesome, and I think it's great that your kids are willing to try different things. But I don't think that's the majority of the kids that are going to Magic Kingdom for the day. No, I, I can understand that they're trying to move away from the idea of just burgers and chips everywhere. Sure. And I applaud them for that, but I think there's better ways to do it. Or have have a choice between the two. Have your sustainable fish and have your whole wheat pasta, but also have your cheese pizza or your regular macaroni and cheese. Yeah. yeah. You know, give the give us the option on whether we want to feed our kids, you know, unhealthy food like we always do, or you know. So and even the desserts, you know, the the cupcakes. While you know, every oh, kids love cupcakes. They were just so kind of ho-hum and just not what I think kids are looking for. Every other restaurant we go to, my daughter gets an ice cream sundae and it's got, you know, 
crushed up Oreos or it's got, you know, little Mickey head things going on, Mickey head sprinkles, something that, you know, is going to excite her. This was a cupcake. It's, you know, <laughs> and it you wasn't can get a, them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can get much better cupcakes going down to main street, you know? So it just didn't work. And, you know, my food, I had the, um, the ham and cheese, the croque de monsieur, I think, which was okay. But in all honesty, I would rather use a, uh, a snack credit over at the patisserie in France over in Epcot for the same exact thing. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm having a quick look through the menu and there's, there's nothing there that really seems to stand out as an amazing meal. Yeah, no, not to me either. And I find it interesting that, you know, they're having this big push for healthy food with the kids. But some of the things on the adult menu are, you know, the puff pastry, lobster, cream sauce thing. How is that healthy? Yeah. There's a lot of, so, a lot of pastry you know, products, quiche. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to make the kids eat the bland, boring, healthy food. And we're going to let the adults eat the heart attack in a bowl. Yeah. Yeah, that eat makes the, sense. Eat, let's put it straight. Let the adults eat the nice stuff. Nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so it's it was so disappointing for us, you know, food-wise, that all three of our children begged us to cancel the dining reservation. They hated it so much. They absolutely begged and pleaded. They didn't want to go back for dinner. And we ended up canceling our, our dining. I'm sure we made some other family very, very happy because it's a tough restaurant to get into, but they hated it that much that even though it was beautiful and it was new and it was exciting, the food just didn't cut it for the kids at all. Like the, the theming of it and the, the whole idea of the restaurant, it, it has so much potential. It's one yeah. of the places I want to go to when I go over there. But as, as what we said on the, the Facebook page, is there's such mixed reports coming back that it sort of makes you question whether or not you want to put your dining credit on there or your your um adr rather yeah probably. absolutely i think for for a table for a quick for a quick service i guess it's it's not a bad choice um because it is a a really nice experience i mean if you're talking about between you know pinocchio village house or you know cosmic rays i'd probably like food a little bit better but to just have the experience for a quick service, I could kind of see it. There is no way I would ever use a table service credit there, not after experiencing what the food was like at lunch. I just, there's way too many other restaurants in Disney that are far superior food-wise that I could use my dining credits at. Now, when it's a, a dine, um sorry, not a table service, a counter credit, um, do you order the food at a counter and then it comes on a train you have to take back your table or how does that work um it's it's actually it's kind of interesting what you do is you order at a kiosk so they have um like the computerized kiosks where you can uh call up your order and then they give you a rose that you go sit down at your table and and the rose is almost i guess like a like a tracking system because people will come out they roll out and the presentation is amazing they roll out in these little kind of rolling trays with the you know, sliding retractable glass. That's wonderful presentation. They roll up to your table and they know who you are and what you are from this little rose. That it's it's kind of unnerving. <laughs> it's it's like they're always watching you. Yeah, um, no. so, 
that part was very cool. But even even that part, so the person brought over our food, and then it was, okay, well, where's the silverware? Oh, well, the silverware is across the dining hall. You have to go over there for that. So it was kind of a cross between a sit-down and a counter service. It was amusing. <laughs> um, and did the food come to you hot? Um, it, it did. It was, well, I, I don't know if I would say hot. My daughter's turkey sandwich was cold, obviously. Yeah. Mine, mine was warm, but it wasn't, you know, like piping hot. Like it certainly didn't seem like it was just whisked out of the kitchen and brought right away to my table. So, but it was, it was okay. It was, it wasn't anything that I would, you know, be upset with or send back. But again, it was just kind of, eh, it was just, it was okay. Mine was okay. The kids, naughty. I don't think any of them had three bites of what they ordered. Now... Would you go back to it based upon what your experience has been then? As an adult, if I was traveling by myself, I might go for a counter service in the afternoon. Traveling with a child, absolutely not. Yeah. Say, I've looked through the menu today and there certainly doesn't seem anything that my kids would enjoy there. And yeah. I think it's a, it would be potentially a waste of money or a credit. Well, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I had taken, you know, 15 or 20 bucks and because I was not on the dining plan uh, over the summer. I felt like I just thrown the money, you know, down the toilet because it was just such a total, complete waste. Yeah. And again, Disney has so many great restaurants with, you know, great food for everybody that I just wouldn't waste my time there. Totally not. And, And... As, as you're going with your children, like me and Chris do, your kids being happy makes your holiday or your vacation a lot better. If you oh, kids, absolutely. If your kids start twisting, that's your meal ruined. That's it, yeah. 100%. And, and that's exactly what happened, because when the kids weren't eating, they were, you know, throwing little bits of things around. They were trying to find something to do other than eat, and, you know, that's, that's when it can get ugly quick. Yeah. Yeah, because because everyone gets annoyed, then don't they? Oh, they sure do. Yeah, and you know, and then you got the kid, and I could see it at other tables too. You got the kids up and walking around the place and kind of wandering around because the food wasn't really interesting. Kids around us either. It was kind of the same thing at all the tables around us. The kids weren't eating, and then they were looking for other things to occupy themselves. So then they're wandering in and out of the different rooms. Well, let's go see the West Wing, and you know, it it was just not a nice relaxing dining experience and you know maybe most counter service places aren't but if i had gone over to cosmic rays and given my daughter a burger i we all would have had a much happier experience and i probably would have saved quite a bit yeah well i'm having a look through the evening meal menu here and um they've got sauteed shrimps and scallops that sounds quite nice um strip steak with garlic butter again that sounds nice so there's a few things that I'll definitely go for for the evening meal. Yeah, as an adult, absolutely. You know, I, I think that the adult meal is pretty appealing and it is nice to have, you know, some sort of different... You know, I think Magic Kingdom has been kind of lacking in the sit-down meals for a while and I, I that's why I think I and everybody was so excited about the opening of this restaurant. Yeah. And I think for adults, it's it's got some interesting choices, but, you know... The majority of us are not there for the adults. We're not there for ourselves. We're there with our families. Yeah. To to be fair, looking through it, my daughter would probably enjoy a bit of steak and and some shrimps and scallops, to be honest. So 
she would probably want to choose off the main menu rather than the kids menu. Yeah, mine's, exactly. mine's the same. She wouldn't eat hardly anything on that menu. Um, not saying that she'd eat burgers and chips either, but just need some sort of different options that are in between. Do you, do you think that they've consulted with chefs or children? Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like they, they should have consulted with, you know, I, I don't feel like whatever chefs were choosing this menu are in touch with, with kids at all. Or if they are, if they do have kids, they've, I guess, done a better job of broadening their children's palates than I have, because it's just not, and you know, to be fair, We've been to lots of signature restaurants in Disney. I mean, we eat at Narcoosie's and, you know, we've been to La Cellier and my daughter can find stuff on those menus, no problem. And these are signature restaurants. So if a, if a signature restaurant can do it at the Grand Floridian Resort, wouldn't you think that a, you know, someplace at Magic Kingdom, you know, in the center of, you know, every kid's biggest dream, they would be a little bit more in touch with what your average child eats yeah totally now we're running out of time obviously we've got a lot of stuff to pack in the show today so we're just going to finish off with one question what is your opinion of be our guests serving alcohol in the magic kingdom i don't like it i i i'm an old-fashioned girl and um it just you know it just doesn't feel right to me to have alcohol in the magic kingdom i it's just my opinion and i get why other people think it's great for me, it just it just kind of feels like it's going against what Magic Kingdom was originally based on, and I, I'm not a fan. That's, that's a fella's opinion. Um, obviously, as, as the original intention was that there was no alcohol served in the Magic Kingdom, and it was a place for families to spend with their kids, so in theory, if you've got people going out getting excessively drunk, it doesn't become a family environment anymore. Right, no, not at all. And if you look at what's been going on at Epcot in the last couple of weeks, there have been a number <laughs> of incidents over there. And I would hate to think that that could potentially be coming over to the Magic Kingdom too. It, it makes me sad to see that that's happening at a place like Disney. But unfortunately, you, you throw alcohol into the mix and, you know, some people just don't know when to say when. Yeah. That's, that's it. They start to get carried away and... Just have one more, just just have this, and before you know it, they're rowdy, upsetting other people, aren't they? Yep, you got it. Yeah, that, that is true. Some some people just don't know when to stop, do they, Chris? <laughs> Not... There's no accusation in that at all, is there? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But um, also, before we go, um, you are also a, a travel agent for Disney Vacations, is that right? Yep, I work with Pixie Vacations, and we're um, an earmarked agency, so uh, an authorized Disney uh, Disney vacation, uh, Disney travel agency. <laughs> no problem. So we would, in the future, like you to come back and uh, talk about that, if that's available with yourself. Oh, that would be great. You know I love chatting with you guys. And, it's always nice to chat with some fellow Disney nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is definitely us, and we would love you to come back on the show and talk talk about your experiences by doing your travel agency or vacation plan or whatever you want to call it over there. Oh, uh, that would be awesome, guys! Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you very much, much for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Mouse meets 2014. Live in Manchester this May.
Yeah, I'm sure, sure in the intro was that better, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, stuff, give stuff away there, didn't it? Yeah, well, the only thing that we have narrowed down on there... Well, we'll, we'll make the big announcement, aren't we? On the last show, we said two weeks, we'll tell you. Yeah. So what is it? Well... The big announcement is... Go on, you say it. We, we might tell you by the next show. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't worked out yet, have we? We naively assumed that these hotels and venues and cinemas etc are desperate to give you some prices so you can book events yeah, yeah. We, we assume that these places want to make some money we assume these places would have given us the price actually the day we visited them but we, we assume that as these people have got people employed to just do these things that it would be a piece of cake yeah but no but we have had an update since yes now and, and we're going to sort of give you a little bit of information about numbers and figures and stuff like that. Now, one of the hotels that we're looking at was the uh, Renaissance. Was Lovely the... room, wasn't it? It's just been refurbished. Was it old? Three hundred people. Was it a Marriott? Uh, uh, yeah, part of the Marriott Group. Yeah. Um, totally refurbished. They gave us the option of two rooms. Um, one room that would hold, as Chris said, three hundred people. Um, and it also had a private lobby area. Ideal for us. Um, the other room that they had basically had pillars down the centre of the room. Yeah, yeah. That, that would hold 300 people, but if you wanted to see the screen, only uh, about 50 of you would see it because it just didn't work. Yeah, it just... They couldn't sort of get it pulled together. So anyway, they, they brought together a price and they, they were one of our favourite hotels that we wanted to go and have the event at. However... When their price came back, it just didn't stack up, basically. No, no, you, you know, you people will be surprised at the cost of some of these venues. And when the, when the Marriott said £4,000 per day, we did a quick bit of maths and we thought, well, if, if we send, sell 100 tickets, 120 tickets, we're going to have to be charging about £80 a ticket to just cover the venue and that's excluding any trips to the cinema or or, <laughs> or any entertainment that we have to pay for or, yeah, or um, prizes or loads of things that is all part of organised mouse meets for, for example little things that we, we previously were given out lanyards and tickets as even PayPal takes their cut or there's booking fees all these sort of things so, so it, what we're trying to say is if you do really want that hotel, it's probably going to be £100 each. So um, yeah. drop us an email and uh, we'll, 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 we may reconsider. And, and if we only get one email, though, it's, it's, it's going to be about £8,000 for your ticket. Now, we, we think we've found the hotel, don't we? Yeah, we think we have. Um, we have looked into... It's, it is between two hotels and one of them is the one that we've been to before in Manchester, um, the Crown Plaza. One of them isn't. One of them isn't, which we're going to still keep secret. Um, and we are quite tempted with this other one because there is a room for pin trading or trading altogether. One thing that I don't think we've gone into details in the past is that we're going to try and expand on the trading aspect of it. Um, yeah. A lot of people are quite interested in that and we're looking at doing pin trading, vinylmation trading... Um, Disney Infinity card, not quite card, 
disc trading. Trading. Um, there's also Source of the Magic Kingdom trading. If Morrison's released a new set of cards, there'll be Morrison's card trading again. So we're looking into lots of different ideas. I mean, after eight o'clock, we're going to do wife trading, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and room trading. Yeah. So. Uh, well, that would come with the wife trading, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. A, a, a job trading, like stress yeah. trading. That's it. And then. Oh, I nearly gave a little clue about the, the, the venue as well. About the uh, mm-hmm that they've got. They've got the mm mm-hmm with the. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that as well, yeah. Yeah. So we will let you know when, when we can. Fingers crossed by the next show because we've, we've now managed to rule out one of the other hotels. Unless you want to pay for it. So, that pretty much rounds it up for this Disney Brit podcast. Yeah, yeah. All I've got to do is do the ending, which, if I press this button... The music starts, and we'd, we'd like to thank Alicia Duplessis for joining us on the show today, talking about Be Our Guest Restaurant. Yeah, it's good to chat to We'll get her on again, won't we? Definitely. We had a, we had a nice little conversation with her about um, American politics and... An eye-opening thing about Obamacare as well. Yeah, that was not, not on the show. No, <laughs> Obama, not bomber. Yeah, the, the fifteen minutes we managed to, you know, take an hour to record to chat to. It, it was stuff that we didn't know, and you know, we'd love to have it back on the show again, definitely. Um, obviously, thanks again to Jim Corcus for taking me around the park. Sorry, Chris, you weren't there, but no, your wife was pleased though. Yeah, you weren't with her. Yeah, she had more fun without me than. Um, with me in the park but it, yeah. it was it was a great time and Jim as always is is a wealth of knowledge and um, we'd like to thank everyone that's commented on our Facebook page and liked and commented on the posts that we've put up and a couple of people that have joined us on Twitter this week there's if you would like to email us you can email us on radio at disneybrit.com if you'd like to send us any messages or things about mouse meets you can contact us on mousemeets at disneybrit.com We've also got a website. And, th- and that includes you, Odeon Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Just give us the price back. As soon as we get the price from Odeon, we can give you a price for the tickets. Yeah. That's how it, simple it is. It's not complicated. No. <laughs> we know what the venue is going to cost. We know what either of the venues would cost if we use any of them. One of them is slightly cheaper than what we've had before. Anyway, you don't want to give too much information away. People now think they're going to get a bargain. The tickets aren't going to be two quid. Don't get your hopes up. No. And fingers crossed the Odin comes back with cheaper than what they've done in the past, but you don't know yet. You can review us on iTunes. Even if we, if we think that we're shockingly bad, let us know how good we are. <laughs> like this show. Yes. The Adam Free Show, as it'll now be done. I wouldn't normally be allowed to talk in this bit, would I, if Adam was on? No, that's true. Um, also, you can... <laughs> If you'd like to join us for the music competition, which we've had to miss out this week because of um, Jim Corpus and me being poorly, I've had to suggest. Yeah, what, what Alan means, we stuck Jim Corpus in because we couldn't be able to do that bit. Yeah, and also you can ring us on either 0121 288 2748, or if you're in the States, you can call us on 407 5454 605. Um, while we're ending the show, I'm going to add a little bit about this. You know, we had a problem with the um, answer machine. Yeah. I had a lot of phone calls recently on um, Skype for what I assumed was the um, competition. Yeah. 
turns out it's all debt collection agencies and um, people from banks requesting them um, fraud prevention. Right. Um, turns out that the number I've got is actually a number that someone's had that's racked up a load of debt and not been making their payments. <laughs> nice. So that's why I'm very popular, and that's why the answer <laughs> machine has not been working very well. So we will be back again in two weeks' time, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Thank you very much for joining me, Chris. Yep. Thank you very much for having me on, Al. And it'd be uh, rubbish without me, wouldn't it? It would have been. Just, just you. Just me and Alicia. Yeah. Might have been quite a good show. So. Oh, don't, don't mean to put a big gap there. Um, and hopefully Adam will be back with us next time. And Juz, thank you very much hey. for everything that you've done with us over the years. And we look forward to you joining us again in the future. Awesome. And hopefully you'll change your mind by next week. Yeah. Just, just push stop, Alan. Just push stop. I'm off to have my lambsips. See you later and good night. Good night. Bye. As a reward for downloading the podcast and lasting until the end, we have reached deep into the vault to share with you this.